This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got fellow change agent Lori Warren on the line. Hey, Lori, how are you? Hi, Michael. How are you? I am great. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. you do a lot of awesome things. And, and one of the things that you know, I kind of alluded to when I introduced you as a change agent, uh, you work with people you know, to unlock their, their potential for you know, whole person health. And you know, for those that listen to my show, they know that I worked in the healthcare space for well over a decade. And one of the common things that I saw uh, with people uh, and patients coming in is, you know, they were out of alignment with a lot of things, whether it was, you know, their mental health and their physical health or even their spiritual health wasn't all connected. And, you know, that's some of the awesome work. That- um, I got into the field. So I actually spent um, the first probably dozen years of my career in high tech, um, working in financial management and then sales. And uh, towards the end of that, I just had this feeling like I wanted to do something that I felt like made a more direct difference in the world. Um, at that time, also, my uh, brother-in-law succumbed to cancer, and I read a book called Beating Cancer with Nutrition. And I got opened up, Michael, to the idea that um, we actually build our body every day. Like a lot of us have this idea that we start out, you know, we, we're a baby, we grow up, we have a body, and then it just stays that way, and we just put food in it so our stomach isn't hungry and live our life. And in actuality, we build, it turns out, about 300 million new cells a minute. So that really fascinated me. And um, it launched me into this whole, um, and I'd always been kind of the foodie, the person that was really, you know, the workout person. Like I'd always been interested in health, but this was a whole different, like I was understanding that we had so much more control over our health and well-being than a lot of us imagine, and I just got really excited about that, and it just launched me into a completely different trajectory. Yeah, it was. It's one of those lessons that I think many adults either fail to learn or they learn much later in life on on how important uh, nutrition is as a component of of our health and you know the right ingredients and and the right stuff for us because. You know, in working with my own nutrition coach, you know, it, it's, you know, everyone's a bit different in what works for them as far as, you know, what type of health goals they want to have. And, you know, my own personal, you know, journey, I've you know, lost, you know, close to 30 pounds in the last year. And it was due to eating the right foods. Um, and, you know, I find myself, you know, not being anywhere near as hungry as it used to be. My energy levels are, are yeah, it basically did a 180 when it came to energy levels because I was eating the right foods for me. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then of course, factoring and, you know, other, other things as well, you know, in, you know, making sure that my mindset was right and, you know, getting physical activity and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the combination of all of those things, you know, allowed for me to lose the weight easy. And, you know, I'm in my fifties now and, um, yes, you know, our bodies, you know, you know, reproduce and all of that, but our metabolism is such that um, it, it takes a while for that to kick into gear. And I don't have the same metabolism as I did when I was younger, as I discovered. You're here, brother. Yeah. So <laughs> do and same deal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hmm, you, you'll look at that, you know, piece of pie and you go, okay, 
I just added 500 calories to my day and I have not taken a single bite of that. So I need to just turn away, look away and all of that. And of course, you know, during the, you know, the holiday season as well, it's always a, Oh no, you know, everything's coming out now. You get invited to everything and everything's rich and everything. You're like, Oh no, no, this can't happen. But uh, it's, 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 it's one of those things in moderation as they, as they tell people and you know, one of the, one of the things they learned in, in working in the healthcare space too is as we get older, you were supposed to kind of wind down a little bit as far as you know our portion sizes and things like that, which a, a lot of people go, what do you mean? I'm supposed to eat less? And it's like, well, you right. can, again, because your body is is adapting and changing uh, and growing, but you know, and other things, uh, your ability to break down, you know, the massive quantities of food, you know, does change a bit. So you have to you know, factor that accordingly. So that's why a lot of the restaurants that have senior portion meals, you know, it's, you know, not only is it to, you know, help save you some money, but it's also, you know, based on, you know, some smaller portion sizes, which I think a lot of restaurants, uh, both in Canada and the United States, um, portion sizes are a little out of alignment. You know, it's like, it shouldn't take two hands to lift up a plate when you're eating. (laughs) I mean, that, that that's a that, that's a family platter. That's not an individual one. But in some yeah. restaurants, they, they that's not how they behave. I know. And what you said just now is so interesting because that like a, another um, sort of like pivot point that happened for me. So I got all excited about you know health and nutrition and food and building your body with food and um, you know avoiding disease. And then after my master's degree, like my very first clients um, out of school taught me that um, basically most of us know that broccoli is better for us than Doritos. And, and what really people need to work with is the mind. And that's why so many diets fail. You know, in the long term, I think it's like a 97% failure rate over two years, meaning you gain all the weight back and then some. And, and so a lot of my work turned into working with people on their you know, their belief systems and how they use their mind and what you just said, like the whole converse, like internal conversation you were having about the pie. Like most, a lot of people don't do that. They just see pie, like pie, eat pie. <laughs> right. And, and so there's, there's so much more to it. And I think people get really frustrated and dejected thinking there's something wrong with them. Like, why can't I lose this weight? Why can't I get, you know, heal from my diabetes? Why can't I have a healthier cardiovascular system? And they feel you know, like a victim, like I can't do anything about it. And and in actuality you can, but it's not just about knowing that, you know, broccoli is better than Doritos because most people do know that it's about um, getting educated about what does serve the body, but it's also about learning how to use your mind and have those conversations with yourself and overwrite the old habits and belief systems that we've been you know, that were wired before we were seven. Most of the stuff that runs in our subconscious was wired in us before we were seven. So if you were someone like, you have to finish, you know, be a member of the clean plate club. And, you know, if you finish your journey, you can have dessert and have as much as you want. Like all that stuff affects us even when we're 50. Oh yeah. I remember hearing about that and, you know, the, you know, the, there's starving kids, you know, wherever and all of that stuff. It's like, you know, well, one of the, I forget what comedian said this, but they said, we'll, we'll tell those kids to move. <laughs> it's like, yeah, kind of, you know, <laughs> which is a little cheeky. And what I say to people is, um, I, and I feel terrible that there's people that don't have enough food, but me eating more doesn't make them have food. 
like if I'm sitting in a restaurant and I say, well, I'm going to finish my whole plate because there's people starving in other countries that that food that is, is left on my plate. If I don't eat it, isn't going to go to them. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And if, yeah. And if there's a concern, which there should be, then there's mm-hmm. other ways for us to be able to support organizations that do a great job of getting food to those areas that yep. are, are, are underfed and malnourished uh, to address it. Yeah. Cause you know, that, that quarter plate of, of salad by the time it gets shipped is not going to be edible. Actually, it's not going to be edible tomorrow, much less, <laughs> much less next week. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things too, that, you know, you'd mentioned about, you know, how, you know, diets fail and people gain their weight back or weight back. I was talking with a, a physician that, you know, specializes in, in weight. And one of the things that he had mentioned to me, you know, a few years ago was our body and you may have discovered this in your research as well. Our body, when we get to our maximum weight, it, it thinks, okay, that's where you're supposed to be. So it, when you lose weight, oftentimes your body's saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm, I'm supposed to be 260 pounds and now I'm 180. So that's why you see a lot of people gain their weight back in combination, of course, with um, – going back to their eating style, they think, okay, great. Now I'm, you know, 180, I'm in great shape and all that stuff. Okay. Let's, let's go, go ahead and order those three large pizzas again and kick back with a 12 pack and away we go. And well, yeah, you just consumed about 6,000 calories. Guess what? You're going to want to gain that weight back pretty quick. So I, I tend to think that it, a lot of it, oh, sure is, you know, the body and reacting, but um, there's a huge component of, of the habitual side of things and, and what you're choosing to eat and activity and, and, and getting your mind you know, to that state of, okay, I am at this weight now. And, 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 and let, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Do you think there's a component when people lose a lot of weight, they, they have this fear that they're going to gain the weight back, which is almost programming their mind to gain it back? Yeah, I def- I think there's a lot of, um, you know, our mind is so incredibly complex. And I think, I definitely think that can be a component. And some of the components I've seen that I think lend to that weight gain back after people do diets, you know, it's multifaceted and it depends on the person. So one is what you said, right? The, what you just outlined. Another is uh, some, I'm actually working with a, a client right now that, you know, she knows that every time she gets to a certain weight, as she's losing weight, she starts self-sabotaging because, you know, a very old programming from her youth. So, so there's that piece. Then there's the piece of what a, a lot of what is challenging about diets is, is it's a, it's what I'm looking for. It's a goal mentality. Like, okay, I want, let's say someone says, oh, I weigh you know, 200 and I want to get down to 160. They get to 160 and then there's this there, I did it, check mark. And then what happens is because they haven't worked with changing what I call your food lifestyle, they go back to the exact same protocol that lent them to gaining weight in the first place. Like the diet is like a thing they do, but then they don't know how to go from that, you know, diets are usually restrictive and, you know, you're either counting calories or eating certain foods at certain times, or a lot of it's not doable for the long term. So they don't know how to go from that, that helped them get to their goal 
to something that would help them sustain that. And yet they can't go back to what they did before because that's how they gained the weight in the first place. So there's this, there's this sort of um, place where you want to learn how to relate differently to your food than you did before you went to lose the weight. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And it makes sense yeah. with me too. Uh, you can say, you know, in over the last, uh, in the last six months, you know, I, I started utilizing a meal plan um, for you know, preparing food instead of just aimlessly, you know, getting food or going, okay, you know, I don't feel like cooking something tonight. So I'll order something and have it delivered. And while I love that feature, uh, from a convenience standpoint, again, you know, the, how it's prepared and what, where you're ordering from, um, will dictate, uh, you know, how healthy it is, where if you're cooking yourself, you know what the ingredients are and you're, cause you're putting them in and you can, you know, control the various things that can you know, be problematic depending on, you know, whatever your situation is. And what I have found in combination with, you know, with the weight loss that I had is, I started tasting food again. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? It's and my and I'm sure it irritates my mom when she sees me eat things now because I wouldn't go near it as a child. And I'll eat something, and she every time she sees me eat something that I would never touch as a kid, she tilts her head and has this kind of discerning look on her face and has asked me, when did you start eating that? <laughs> like, and I'm like, and I'm like, I worked so hard to get you to eat asparagus and you never did. <laughs> and now, now I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, it's like, well, asparagus sounds good. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's get some more greens. You know, last night I had, you know, some kale that wasn't recalled and, and, and yes, I know the jokes about bacon never gets recalled. Yes, it does. I, I hear that too. But at the end of the day, it, it just, if you, you get creative too. And that's something as well. It's like, okay, well, this recipe is calling for this. And you think, you know what? I wonder if this would taste good with this. And of course, you know, usually it does. Sometimes you go, mm, no, I'm not going to put that combination together again. But again, it, I, it, I find it that it's, it's easier for me to do that. And I know a lot of people say, well, I don't have time to cook, but then they're ordering something from a DoorDash or, you know, other services. And those delivery times tend to be 30 to 45 minutes to an hour. Every meal that I've prepared this week, you know, with lean meats or vegetarian or with, you know, vegetables and salads and things like that uh, have taken less than 30 minutes. So I'm actually eating before those people that ordered the number three with a Coke and I'm not hungry in an hour later and, and dragging through my evening uh, because, you know, I've, I've got all the ingredients there and it's just, it, for me, I, you know, again, this is something if, if people are struggling with you know, preparing their own foods is it, in the society that we find ourselves in today, where everything's so instant and busy and constant connection and all of that, there's something about, you know, working on a chopping board and cutting up vegetables. You can listen to some music or something like that, but um, I wouldn't recommend being on Instagram and cutting up vegetables because otherwise you're going to visit the urgent care center because uh, along with your carrots, there's a uh, part of your thumb. And so put, you know, put the iBinky away or at least have it play music off in the distance and, you know, go about your, your business and in preparing a meal. And it, there's something about the creativity 
of of making something. And for somebody myself, you know, that you know did not cook a lot earlier on in life, and now I do, uh, which probably will floor my parents too. Uh, it's a case of you know, it's just I I find it. Uh, more fulfilling and I know what I'm eating because I'm the one that prepared it. I know what ingredients are in it. And um, from a health standpoint, it's helped me keep off the weight that I've lost. Yeah. And I, I love what you just said about preparing food and, and what I get a lot from um, the clients that I work with, both the, the one-to-one clients and when I'm working with like my corporate clients and like bigger groups is, People say, well, you know, I don't have the time for that. You know, that's the, the patent answer, and which, you know, kind of brings up two things. One is that, you know, I really recommend that people spend, you know, just take a couple hours in the weekend and do a little bit of prep work. If you do that, like your whole week goes better. Like you're not, because what happens is when we're really hungry, like when you let yourself get to the, you know, like kind of borderline hangry place, uh, our body is actually gonna naturally ask for empty carbs because it's the quickest way for our body to make energy, which which is what our, our brain and the rest of our body is asking for. So when we get really hungry, we're gonna go in and we're just gonna reach for the quickest, emptiest carb thing to try and curb our hunger. But if you do some preparation work, like just you know, an example is I make this green smoothie that's got great stuff in it, and I make a, a like a quadruple batch. And I store them in glass containers, fill it to the top. They stay good for at least five days. So now if I make four, then for four days, my breakfast is already ready. Like I don't have to do anything. Um, you know, if you make up a batch of rice on the weekend, like brown rice, then during the week, it's really easy to make a stir fry. You don't have to wait for 45 minutes for the brown rice to cook now. So just little things like that on the weekend make the whole week more turnkey. So that's one thing I was thinking of when you were talking and the other thing I was thinking of, because we were, both of us mentioned the word time, and when we were talking about the inability to lose weight or the struggle to lose weight, um, people are under so much stress now. And this is one of the things I work with both my one-to-one and, and corporate clients on is managing stress because when you have cortisol, which is our, you know, one of the hormones that comes out of our adrenal glands when we're stressed, pumping through our body on a slow drip um, it makes it much more challenging to lose weight. We're not designed to have that. Cortisol is designed to basically a bear is coming out of the woods and I have about 30 seconds to either fight the bear or get away. That's what our stress response was designed for. But when we have it on this slow drip all the time, we're stressed about everything. We're stressed about the traffic. We're stressed about work. We're stressed about our kids. We're stressed that, you know, there's a beehive outside our house and we don't know how to get it down. Like we stress about everything. And, and, it's almost habitual and this does not help with weight loss or keeping, you know, a right size body. And, and that's, you know, one of the, again, biggest challenges is, you know, our body is set up, you know, that whole fight or flight type of thing, you know, that, you know, impacts us a lot. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the stress component to it is, uh, there are certain foods that, you know, flare up our stress because again, our bodies are trying to repair the damage that we do to it every day. And when, you know, we're not getting enough sleep or, you know, restful sleep is there are some people that will get in, you know, there's seven or eight hours, but it's not restful Mm -hmm. because your body is trying to deal with, 
you know, the food that you ate that isn't necessarily the best food you should be eating. Um, that builds up over time. And that's when stress builds up. And that's when you start seeing, you know, people burning out. And, you know, it's you know, obviously a space that I work in with people as, you know, I ask them, okay, what, well, you know, what's your eating habits like? And not just, are you taking a break from work and going to have lunch, but what are you eating? And mm-hmm. because it, it does impact you. Uh, it impacts your energy levels. It impacts your ability to to process thoughts and and navigate around, you know, the all of the external things that we face. That if, if you're eating properly and you're getting the right amount of rest and your body is is optimized at its best state, you'll find that those things that stress you out start to lose a lot of their strength and things don't tend to bother you as much and it's just simply with a food yeah Mm -hmm. with you know changing your food is is one of those components it's you know it's like okay there's a real quick win for you or or as they like to say you know there's some low-lying fruit you know grab it and (laughs) and 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 you'll make an impact right away from that and then from there we can start working through the other things that are, are stressing you out and at the end of the day you go okay I've, I've made subtle changes in these areas, but now I feel so much better. The weight is, is coming off with ease, you know, without, you know, doing something dramatic, you know, like the, the, you know, the cookie diet or the army diet or insert name of diet here um, type of thing that does not work long-term because that's not what you're going to be eating forever and ever. You know, you're going to be going back to eating other things so that, you know, rapid fire, you know, weight loss kind of stuff um, is not is not sustainable for for anybody. You know, even even the you know pro you know pro fighters and MMA that a lot of times have to do some crazy things to you know hit the weight class. They gain it right back the next day, so it's um, it's going to be the same thing for anybody trying something crazy with a um, a weird fad diet. Totally agree. Yep. So you've got a book coming out in October. Uh, tell us about that and, and, and the story behind, you know, why you decided to you know, write a book and, and what it, how it's going to impact people. Um, yes, I do. I'm very excited about it. So it's my, my first book, and uh, the name of it is Wild World, Joyful Heart. And um, the subtitle is Unlock Your Power to Create Help and Joy. So, you know, it includes a lot of the things we've been, you know, we've been talking about so far today. It's really a book, Michael, about empowered well-being. So both personally and globally, like how can we buck the cultural current, the one that keeps us, um, you know, unhealthy, stressed, lonely, trapped in emotional drama, um, polarized. How can we buck that current and create physical and emotional health for ourselves? How can we, you know, have a more common-centered mind? How can we? connect meaningfully to something bigger than ourselves and it it, it's really it's a book it is a guidebook and it's also kind of a rally cry because i i feel that um there's a lot that's backwards and upside down about our culture from the standpoint of people wanting to feel healthy and joyful in their life experience i don't think that's terribly well supported and so um one of the things that's a real thread throughout the book is um, using the mind as a bridge instead of a barrier, because we tend to use our mind as a barrier a lot of the time. Um, so that's what the book about. Um, I, 
I felt a book sort of, um, as someone that's given birth a few times, I sort of felt like I had a book in me that needed to come out. Um, and writing a book, depending on how you're going about it, can be a fairly big endeavor. And I was sort of not doing it because I had a lot of other things going on. And one of the, actually one of the CEOs for one of the companies that I do um, corporate work for was like, you need to write the book. Like it's time, like stop putting it off. People need the book, so write the book. And it was just the, the kick in the butt I needed. And um, that was three years ago. So it's been a, a long journey. I didn't, you know, the first year and a half, I wouldn't say I worked really hard on it. I had this whole idea that, well, I won't go through the whole author journey, but I had this idea that like you waited for inspiration to come <laughs> and it didn't turn out. It turns out that you just have to sit down and get it done every day, just like everything else. Um, and so it's been, you know, a long, very interesting journey. I'm super excited about the book. Um, I, I, the, so far the reviews, people that have read it feel like it could be a real game changer for a lot of people. So I'm pretty excited about that. Thank you for asking. No, I'm I'm thrilled that uh, you're doing it, and yes, I know the the book writing process can be uh, tedious, and sometimes <laughs> there are five thousand other things you'd rather be doing than to be uh, sitting at a keyboard and and pecking away on something. But I'm you know, for one, I'm glad that you had that mentor that said, you know, hey, write, you know, write this book, and that that you stuck with it, and because. I find with, with many authors, you know, the reason they write something is because they see a need and from their perspective, they have insights that will be a game changer for people. And I always tell people that are thinking about writing a book that use the excuse, well, you know, there's all these books already out there on this subject. And, and, I, and I'll say, yeah, sure. You know, you go to a leadership section, yeah, you're going to see tons of books or self-help or health or cooking or you know, whatever genre you're uh, looking at. Yeah, of course, there's a lot of books, but there isn't one from your perspective. Exactly. And your perspective is what is different than everything else. So, and your experiences and the people you've spoken with and worked with, all of that comes into play. And I wholeheartedly agree with you that uh, society on the pursuit of, of joy is off center right now. And their, their thoughts of what joy is, is incorrect to what it actually really means in their life. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, this book coming out. And I agree. I think it's going to cause a, a really big ripple effect for people and, and, and impact them in a positive way to you know, make the necessary adjustments in their life. So the joy that they have is fulfilling and sustainable. And I think that's the yeah. biggest thing. Sustainable is a great word because what a lot of people confuse, um, they think of happiness and joy as the same thing and they're very, very different animals. You know, happiness is a transient visitor. It's something that, you know, if you give me right now, if you and I were in the same room and you gave me some ice cream, I'd be really happy. <laughs> and then if you took it away, I'd be really unhappy. Like it's a very fleeting, it tends to be based on external circumstances. And what I'm talking about in this book is about health and joy that are sustainable and that come, come with from within. It's not, de it's not determined by external circumstances and that's joy. 
and I'm a big fan of doing things that are sustainable and you know, just like with, you know, the people that I, that I help and work with and recovering from burnout and see, you know, there's all kinds of mechanisms on how to recover from it, which is fine, but how do you prevent it from happening again? And that's the same thing with, you know, joy. It's like figure out a way to have joy be a permanent part of your life where it's, is habitual is you know brushing your teeth or you know, getting up in the morning and just really you know embracing life and and learning about things the way that will allow you to have that joy in your life you know like you said happiness is is something that you know comes along like a cloud you know it's like oh, there it's there and okay now it's gone yeah but you know, if you can have a, a foundation of joy in your life, believe me, it, it, it's a game changer for everybody involved. It is a game changer. And, you know, and I love your work with burnout. It's so important. Um, I've experienced burnout myself a couple of times and, and there, are, you know, there are definitely a lot of things we've been talking about today. I mean, even just food helps like fueling your body and your brain um, is a, is a great start. And you and I could probably have a long too about burnout and how to avoid it, but but it's, it's really important that, you know, um, people understand, you know, the difference between joy and happiness, that, that happiness is transient and that um, there are, you can avoid, you know, to me, burnout's like the opposite of joy. <laughs> and and, and it, it can be avoided and it can be healed from as well. Yep, I'm you know, I'm a living example of that, you know, because mm-hmm. I you know I had my my burnout a decade ago, and you know I you know I am not that same person, and it, from all types of different aspects, and you know I I look back at things, and especially you know Facebook helps me with this because Facebook has memory things and posts and things like that, and I'll see some posts that I did while I was burned out and I look at those posts and I I look and say, I wouldn't ever write that now. I would never write what I wrote. It's like, and I look, it's like, I recognize that person, um, but I'm not that person because of, of the work that I've done over the last decade uh, to address it. And, um, you know, that's, you know, to, to wrap things up, that, that's one thing to, to hammer home for people is, yes, you can make the adjustments in your life um, to have a better, more fulfilling and joy-filled life. It's going to take some work, but um, much like, you know, climbing a mountain, you know, you're not going to get to the top with one step. It's going to take some steps and um, you go at your own pace, but you'll get there. Um, and, you know, following you know, the stuff that Lori's doing and, and picking up that book in the fall, I think is going to be a big help for a lot of people. Thank you very much. And, and I fully agree about the mountain and that the journey up the mountain is really where a lot of the magic is. You know, okay. like the, the journey of, of, you know, becoming heavily invested in yourself and, you know, practicing self-care and learning you know, where and how to slow down your life a little bit. Like that journey is just, you know, you've walked it yourself. It's, it's an amazing thing. And that's why it's so, when you look back now, 10 years ago and see posts, you're like, God, that was definitely free journey. <laughs> oh, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. So, Laura, I've enjoyed our conversation today. Where can people find out about you and the awesome stuff you're doing? 
Um, yes, yeah, so I can be found at lauriewarren.com. It's L-A-U-R-I-E-W-A-R-R-E-N.com. Um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn um, and, you know, check into those fairly regularly and I'd love to connect with people. Awesome. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So Lori, loved our conversation today. Thank you so much. And, and congratulations again on the book. Thank you so much, Michael. It was great to be here today. Uh, great to have you here today. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.